Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I'll talk about the MVP of the WNBA. They have named someone, and we'll talk about it. Also, Dame Lillard finally gets traded, guys, so we'll break that down, and we'll talk about the effects all the way around. And also, we'll talk about Magic, a comment he made about owning the Knicks. So, we'll get into that as well. So, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys. So, we are back with all things basketball with GD Podcasts. Of course, this is yours truly speaking. And... We're going to, I thought I was going to have a little hiatus there, but have to address a few issues here. So let's get into it. We're going to talk about the WNBA. They had their MVP vote. All the votes are in and the award goes to Brianna Stewart of the New York Liberty. Kind of like what I predicted, but I'll get into all that in a minute. Anyhow, so she becomes the first Liberty player to win the award. And think about it. New York Liberty, one of the flagship franchises in the WNBA. Never had an MVP up to now. You had players there. You had a Teresa Weatherspoon there. You had a Cappy Pondexter, who's a fine player for them. Tina Charles. Tina Charles is a player who... Still to this day holds the all-time score of points for the New York Liberty. So you had all these players here. Never an MVP until now. So Brianna Stewart gets it. I gave you all the numbers. You can go back and listen to my episodes for that. I won't go through all the numbers and so forth. But here's what I will say. It was a very close race. In fact, the margin between the three front runners that I told you about, Brianna Stewart, Aja Wilson, and Alyssa Thomas. Between those three ladies, 13 points separated the three. 13 points. I'll get into the scoring as well. Here's how the scoring went. The way they do it, you get a certain amount of points for first place. Certain amount for second place, third place, fourth, and beyond. So the way it shook out in terms of first place voting, actually Alyssa Thomas got the most first place votes among the three with 23. Brianna Stewart gets 20. Aja Wilson, 17. Then you have second place. In second place, this time, Aja Wilson gets most second place. With 25, Brianna Stewart with 23, and Alyssa Thomas 12. Then you go to third place. And in that, Alyssa Thomas gets the most third place votes with 25. And both Aja Wilson and Brianna Stewart get 17. Now the scoring is first place 10 points, second place 7 points. Third place, five points. And then you have fourth place. And oddly enough, through reasonings that's beyond me, 
some voter put down Asia Wilson in the fourth place with one fourth place vote, which is, and everybody's been railing about it. I'll talk about that, which is insane to me. Let let us be clear. Anybody who watches Asia Wilson on a regular basis can clearly tell you she is not <laughs> the fourth best player in this league. She's either one two or three depending on how you're judging and voting and so forth so fourth place is actually an insult to be honest and i think that's where the scoring goes awry for aja wilson because she gets that fourth place vote which means if she doesn't get that fourth place vote so let's say she gets a third place vote instead that'll give her 18 so the scoring would be a little closer but in the end when you do all the mathematics and so forth, Brianna gets the most points with 446, followed by Alyssa Thomas with 439, and Aja Wilson with 433. So that's how the scoring went. And then actually, one person gave a third place vote to Jewel Lloyd of the Seattle Storm. So if you replace the fourth place vote with a third place vote which would put her a little closer but in the end Brianna gets it so and I told you guys that in my prediction uh, that voter fatigue would be a factor and I think it really came to play I think it came to play just like it came to play in the NBA with Joel and B getting it over Nikolai Jokic I think it was voter fatigue, and I think there's a second big reason that Brianna got it. She came to a Liberty team, pretty much a moribund franchise, who was teetering on mediocrity. They were hovering around 500. They were 500 team prior to all the players that came in. John Quell Jones, Brianna, and Courtney Vandersloot. So... They were pretty much a 500 team before she arrived. So with her arrival, that elevated the franchise to their best record ever, number one. And number two, it put them second behind the Las Vegas Aces in terms of teams. So I think that was probably the biggest reason a lot of votes went to Brianna Stewart. And I think coupled with voter fatigue, which actually Ryan Rucco, the voice of the WNBA, uh, he does the play-by-play for the major games on ESPN. He was on NBA Today with Malika Andrews, and he said voter fatigue may be a factor. And he talked about Brianna not winning it in 2020 and 2022, so it could be a case where... The voters make up for that and so forth. So that was his reasoning. But I do think voter fatigue was a factor. I really do. And because think about it, guys. Aja Wilson, this year, she had better numbers than she had last year when she got the MVP. Her scoring was up. Her field goal percentage was way up. She was more efficient this year than she was last year. Blocks were up. She led the league. And on top of that, forget the numbers, her team was better. Her team had a better record than last year. So, where's the drop-off? 
people say, oh, you know, she's playing with all these players and so forth. Which is true. You know, she plays with three other all-stars. But Brianna Stewart, she plays with two other all-stars and Sabrina Nescu and Courtney Vandersloot. And she's playing with a former MVP. But what the case for her would be, the fact that you had to bring all those elements together and make it work on the court. Which happened, and you got what you got. Them having their best record ever. So I think that played into it. And there was a lot of social media. Social media went crazy over it. You had people like Alex English. He had this tweet. Who was voting for the WNBA MVP? Must be the same people that voted for the NBA's top 75. Which is actually funny. Because, of course, he was left out of the NBA's top 75. Which, to me, to this day, is still a crime. How can you leave the man that led the league in scoring for an entire decade? How can you leave him off the top 75 list? But that's an argument for another day. So that was his tweet. Then you had Dawn Staley. Now listen to this tweet. Congrats to Stewie for WNBA Player of the Year. P.O.Y. Hell of a season. Alyssa, congrats to you for just being your normal beast mode self. A, you know I heart you. Well, I love you. Your life and career are favored and divinely ordered, so your harvest time is coming. To the fourth place voter, your hate is real and on display. So that was her tweet there. But I'm kind of from the school of Joe Madison where he tells you to listen with a third ear and read with a third eye. And if you read the beginning of this, she says congrats to Stewie for player of the year. She doesn't say MVP. I thought that was very telling. So maybe I'm reading too much into it. But she says player of the year instead of MVP. So I don't know if that was a typo or that was a deliberate kind of. Yeah, they gave you player of the year, but you weren't the MVP. I don't know. Maybe I'm grasping at straws. Who knows? But that's what she wrote. And then you had Tamarin Sproul. I guess she's one of the voters. And she actually showed her ballot on Twitter, which had the players in this order. She had five players listed. She had Alyssa Thomas first, Aja Wilson second, Brianna Stewart third, Jewel Lloyd fourth, Aaliyah Boston fifth. And she pretty much called out the person who gave the fourth place vote to Asia. She says transparency is important and so forth. So you have that dynamic. And just a host of people expressing their displeasure with what happened. And then Asia herself, after the game, she talked about those around her who was disappointed. There's a quote of her saying it hurt like hell. I hear her say that personally. I don't know if she wrote it, but but I heard her after the game. She said it is what it is, and, you know, the team has a bigger goal in mind. Of course, that's winning another championship. So with that said, let me say this. I think these voters kicked over a hornet's nest. By that, I mean you have now fueled that Las Vegas Aces team to really try and get that back-to-back championship. And I think from what I see from that team, I think there's going to be a concerted effort 
Because last year when they won it, actually, it was Chelsea Gray who got finals MVP. I think there will be a concentrated effort this year. If they were to continue on the path that they're going, make it to the finals, win it all, I think the effort will be to get Asia Wilson finals MVP. I think that's the mission right now. That's their mission. So, you voters out there, those who kind of snubbed her, I think you kicked over a hornet's nest now. Because I think she is going to be more focused, more locked in to get that brass ring and win that back-to-back championship. Which will say a lot about this team in the annals of WNBA history. So, I think you did that. So, with that said, one more thing I want to address Alyssa Thomas, she was asked in a post-game interview about her not winning the award. This is what she had to say. I think I'm used to it. I think I've been snubbed so many times in my career that it's a normal thing for me. So Alyssa Thomas, disappointed. You, you can hear the disappointment. But she's used to being counted out. I still say her career defies the odds. And they talked about it in the booth, how the ligaments in her shoulders... And the fact that she shoots the way she does is a byproduct of that. So for her to amass the numbers that she does is pretty much unbelievable. Let's just put it that way. But nonetheless, she's had a brilliant season. And I think if it wasn't for the fact that Brianna did what she did on one of the biggest stages, and that's here in New York, I think if it weren't that, I think... Alyssa Thomas probably squeezes out and gets it. But again, Brianna did it on the brightest lights in one of the biggest cities. So she gets the award. So with all of that said, congratulations to Brianna Stewart for getting the award. It wasn't given. It was earned. Let's just say that. It's not like she had a slouch season. She was second in scoring amongst the top three in rebounds, amongst the top three in blocks. Also, she had the most 40-point games in the season, and she scored the most points with 30 minutes or less in a game when she dropped the 45 points in like three quarters. So, And what the team did as a whole, I think all of that played into her getting the award. So definitely kudos to her for getting the award. Let's see what the Liberty do in these playoffs now. We'll see what happens there. So that's that for the MVP race in the WNBA. Now, later today, the big bombshell in the NBA. Dame Lillard gets his wish, and he's now traded. Only caveat is he wasn't traded to the place he desired. He goes to the Milwaukee Bucks. And this is the trade, guys, reported by Adrian Wojnarowski. So Woj, of course... Ahead of the curve, as always, this is the trade. Milwaukee gets Damian Lillard. Portland gets Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, so it's a three-team deal. Tomani Camara, a rookie with the Phoenix Suns. They picked him in this year's draft. They also get Milwaukee's 2029 first-round pick, and they get two pick swaps from Milwaukee in 2028 and 2030. And then Phoenix gets Joseph Nurkic from the Portland Trailblazers. They also get Grayson Allen from the Milwaukee Bucks, Nasir Little from the Portland Trailblazers, 
and Keon Johnson, I believe, also from the Blazers. So that is your trade, guys. The pluses for this trade, of course, you're going to get more offense with a Dame Lillard, and you're going to get a closer, something that Giannis needs beside him. He got a closer now in Dame. Minuses, of course, your defense is going to take a hit now because you just traded away your pretty much your starting backcourt in Holiday and Grayson Allen. So, so your defense will take a hit. But I'm sure for Milwaukee, listen, we heard the rumblings. Actually, I didn't report on it, but I'll talk about it now. Giannis kind of voicing his, I will say, consternation about Milwaukee's future and saying, look, if we're not doing things to make these title runs and be competitive, I don't know if I sign the Supermax when my time comes. So Milwaukee, of course, hearing that, being very nervous because they know how things were before Giannis arrived on the scene. They don't want to go back to that. So they made a move they had to make. This is them putting all their chips to the middle of the table. And when you think about it, it's kind of high risk because you had a champion point guard in Drew Holiday that you had to trade in order to make this work. Grayson Allen, you know, a young player, he can knock it down from outside. So, I mean, they gave up what they had to give and, of course, these future picks as well, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things, what does it mean if you're a perennial playoff team? So... So they rolled the dice and they said, let's do this deal. Now, the Phoenix side, you know, DeAndre Ayton and the Suns organization has had this kind of tug and pull relationship. So much so that last year when he was a restricted free agent, Indiana Pacers signed him to an offer sheet. Suns felt they had to match it, did that. So he played out the season. And we know how the season ended. They bowed out in the second round. Of course, the coach, Monty Williams, is out. So you figure Aiton's kind of safe now. But the fact of the matter is, and I was talking to my boy D about this, DeAndre Aiton is a former first overall pick in the draft. Right now, if he were to stay with the Phoenix Suns, he would be fourth option at best. Because you have KD there, you got Devin Booker there, and you just acquired Bradley Beal. So, he's fourth in the pecking order. And I kind of understand where he's coming from. You know, he's supposed to be a cornerstone player for that franchise. But yet, he's the fourth option in the offense. Kind of can't blame him, to be honest with you. But now he gets an opportunity with Portland to be that guy now, he will probably be, i say he'd probably be second right now. You have Anthony Simons there. You have Jeremy Grant there. You got the rookie, Scoot Henderson. So, you know, it's a young team that he can grow with and he can show what he can do there. So, Chauncey Billups, I trust Chauncey Billups to kind of get the most out of the kids. So, we'll see what happens there. So, he gets a brand new opportunity in a smaller market than Phoenix. So, I'm actually expecting um, some good things from him over there. So, I think all in all, Portland did well in what they got back. And now they have an asset in Drew Holiday because I don't think he's in the Trailblazers' future. So, though more than likely than not, flip him. So, we'll see where he goes. 
And I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. And then for Phoenix, they get some depth, which they needed. And they get a starting center who really not going to demand the ball. He's going to crash the boards. He's going to play defense inside, block shots. So this is what you wanted from Aiton, but it seemed like his shot blocking dissipated as the years went by over there in Phoenix. So so now you're getting a center who's not going to demand the ball as much. So it looks good for Phoenix. They now have added depth because you get a Grayson Allen there who will be coming off your bench. Now I see a little Keon Johnson. So... You have a little bit of depth there, so. On its face, seemed like everybody made out okay here. There's tremendous pressure, though. Tremendous pressure on Dane. Now he's in a winning situation, so now he has to acquiesce and blend in with that winning culture over there. So, pressure's on him. Pressure's on the Milwaukee organization, uh, especially on Giannis himself. Now he has to coexist with a Dame Lillard who's a more ball-dominant point guard than Drew Holiday. So you have that dynamic, and plus a guard who's not going to be the defender that Holiday was. And to top all that off, you now have a rookie head coach in Adrian Griffin there. So you have that dynamic. So a lot of pressure on that first-year coach over there. So we'll see. And there's pressure on Phoenix. Now that you shipped Aiton out finally... You now have the center that you desire playing in the middle. You have depth now. You have Katie. You got Booker and Beal. Health is always an issue with any of those three guys, especially Kevin Durant. So the pressure's on, guys. In terms of a fantasy basketball outlook, because, you know, I play fantasy basketball. In terms of Dane, I see his production, his scoring going down going to Milwaukee will he still be a 22 point a game scorer with Milwaukee it's possible that means other guys offense is going to have to suffer I think Giannis will not take much of a hit I don't think Chris Middleton he'll probably be one that may take a hit as far as production in that regard goes will Dane be more of a facilitator now that he has players that can make buckets we'll see what happens So I think his production, probably in a 10-team league, I say if you drafted him second, third round is a steal. Second round seems about right for Dane, I think. Again, I think Giannis will take a hit. I think Middleton may take a hit out of anybody there. I love it for Aiton as far as fantasy goes. Wherever he's being picked right now, I think that'll shift where you could take him around earlier and feel good about it. I think right now he's probably like 5th or 6th round. So if you went 4th round on him, rolled the dice and took him 4th round, I think he could give you 4th round production. As far as Nurkic go, I don't think his value takes too much of a hit. Scoring wise, definitely. But I think the rebounding will be there for him. The block shots will be there for him. So he'll get all the minutes he can take. But it's... You had a healthy Aiton for the most part, and now you're getting a guy with an injury-riddled history. So there's, you have that dynamic. So in terms of fantasy, yeah, Nurkic, I don't think his value shifts that much. If anything, it goes down. Now, like I was saying for Drew, does he stay in Portland, or is he on the move? And if he's on the move, guys, 
they're talking about a number of teams that could be interested in him. They talked about Miami, because Miami was the big loser in all of this, guys. Dane wanted to go to Miami. Of course, the GM of the Blazers, Joe Cronin, did not want a deal that centered around Tyler Hero. He got the preferred package he wanted. He got a franchise center in Aiton, so he got what was best for his franchise, which is always a good thing. Philadelphia could be a place where Drew end up. I think another team that's a loser in all of this because you still have to figure out what to do with Harden. Remember, guys, what I said about Harden. I don't think anything happens with Harden until Dame gets traded. Dame was traded now, so as far as Harden goes, I don't see any suitors at the moment. And my boy D said this today. I think he has to come into camp, be the good citizen Maybe offer up a mea culpa for what he said about Daryl Morey. Kind of a public apology. Go in there. Be the good citizen, like I said. Do all the things he need to do. And then with that, maybe he gets moved. You know, he plays a little bit. He shows himself to be somebody who's willing to toe the line. Then he'll get traded. So we'll see what happens with that. And like I was saying, Miami. What does Miami do now? This kind of speaks to what Brian Windhorse actually talked about, I think it was last week, where he pretty much said that he's not putting all their eggs in the Dame Lillard basket. They thought they could take their time, wait this out, maybe get another team involved, but I think they probably waited a wee bit too long, and now he's on the move to Milwaukee. I thought once the, because previous to this, There was talk of Toronto being interested in Dane and a lot of rumblings about that. In fact, just today, they were talking about it on first take. And I guess Milwaukee said, Toronto, no, no, we need to get them. So so they made the move. But in any event, Miami now has to regroup and figure out what they're going to do. They'll be competitive, but right now the teams that are above them, Milwaukee, obviously, with this trade. Boston, of course, with them acquiring Kristaps Porzingis. Apart from that, Knicks, we'll see what the Knicks can do. But right now, Miami, even at its current state, is probably amongst the top six teams in that conference. So if everything bolts right, they could be a top six team there. So we'll see what happens with that. But for sure, they need to regroup and figure out things. And then with Dame going to Milwaukee, who now starts in the backcourt with him? Will it be Pat Connaughton? Probably, more likely than not. You also have a Malik Beasley there, so you have some options there. So it'll be interesting nonetheless. And then what is the pecking order as far as who's your go-to guy? Who's the second option, third option over there for Milwaukee? Probably still be Giannis first, followed by Dane. Then you have a Chris Middleton. Depending on the situation, I think it'll be Giannis first and also Dane. So I think that's how that shakes out. And here's what Dame Lillard said on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it these days. Here's what he said. The casuals won't be addressed. But the Trailblazer fans in city of Portland that I truly love will be. And they will be addressed truthfully. Stay tuned. 
and then he says excited for my next chapter and then he wrote at bucks so actually Stephen a addressed this on his podcast today and he thought when he said the casuals he was talking about portland's front office i don't know if i say that sure he doesn't make mention of the front office you know the organization as a whole But I think it's probably those who question him, question the fact that he wants to be traded and so forth. So I think it's more those people than the front office. I don't think this is an out-and-out attack on the front office. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's what this says. And then Drew Holiday, he actually said this yesterday before this trade happened. I'm a buck for life. And I mean that like deep in my heart. I don't want to play for any other team. I think we have a chance to continue to do great things as the Bucks team and organization. So I want to be in Milwaukee. <sighs> that sounds a lot like what happened in Boston where in the Kristaps Porzingis deal where they had to scrap it. And then you end up moving a guy like Marcus Smart. So I think it's kind of in the same vein there. But nonetheless, you know, hope all goes well for Drew. And he ends up somewhere where he can help a team. Amongst the suitors for Drew, I mentioned Miami. I mentioned Philadelphia. Toronto's another team being talked about now that they missed out on the Dane sweepstakes. And the L.A. Clippers, which I don't really understand because you already have Russell Westbrook there. But what do I know? I think a fifth team you need to mention. And for some reason, nobody's talking about this. Chicago Bulls could definitely use a Drew Holiday without question. Right now, you have a combination of Kobe White, good player. I think he's more of a combo guard, a guard that comes off your bench. Kind of in the same vein as uh, Emmanuel Quickly. I think he's more in that kind of range. And Oyo Dusimo. You still have that young point guard over there. Apart from that, Chicago could definitely use a Drew Holiday. And that would put them in the fast track amongst the top six teams in the East. So, I don't know why Chicago's not being talked about here. So, I would put them in the running as well as a team that could use his services so i'm just putting it out there so anyhow so that's pretty much the dame news and then there's one more item i want to get to magic johnson saying the only franchise he considered owning would be the new york knicks of course outside of being with his los angeles lakers so he said it would be the knicks he said this at a ymca speaking engagement here in new york He passed up ownership with other teams, teams like the Golden State Warriors. He had a chance there, the Atlanta Hawks, even in his hometown of Detroit, uh, the Detroit Pistons. He passed up on that as well, which I thought was pretty telling. But he said the reason he would consider being an owner of the Knicks, the passionate fan base. He said they're very knowledgeable, they're loyal to the soil. Most of them, <laughs> I digress. But, yeah, he, and he gave that as the reasons. So, you know, that caused Nick Nation to go into a tizzy on uh, social media. So, got them fantasizing about Dolan selling the team and so forth. Speaking of that, 
He has not spoken to James Dolan, so this is just something that was asked of him and he answered. But he said if an opportunity ever arose, he would be willing to listen to what the offer would be and so on and so forth. So, hey, Magic knows that if you were to bring a winner to New York, it would go such a long way. And imagine being the owner behind doing something like that. He got to see up close and personal how things transpired in L.A. for Jerry Buss, the late Jerry Buss, when he brought a championship to the city of L.A. So he got a bird's eye view of that. So he knows to do that in a place like New York City. Man, listen. But nonetheless, you know, we can fantasize about that so forth. But this comes on the heels of James Dolan actually being interviewed by the New York Times where he says he doesn't like owning sports teams. He said the economics of it makes him kind of sleepy, which you never want to hear that from your owner, that's for sure. And then, of course, we know about the checkered pass under his watch, including banning Charles Oakley after an incident with security that was on film and was an ugly incident. And then he had another with another situation similar with Spike Lee. Not to the point where you were ushering him out, but just a little misunderstanding as Spike Lee was coming into the building and so forth. So you had that. Also, you had sexual harassment lawsuit during the Isaiah Thomas tenure. And then to bring you up to date now with the use of this facial recognition that he uses... He does it to keep out lawyers who have clients that are suing the garden or so forth. And to keep maybe some fans who brought signs and fired Dolan and so forth. So he uses facial recognition for that sort of stuff. So I say all that to say the fan base, of course, is getting lavered up about this. Here's what I will say. For those wanting Dolan out as Nick's owner... Your chance at that has come and gone. I think the time where that could have actually happened was during that sexual harassment lawsuit. That was the time you nail him. Even though it wasn't him personally, it was under his watch. I think that was the time where you could have said, look, this is a black eye on the league. You need to sell. David Stern should have. Because it was David Stern at the time. I think that was the time to sell. Now, him selling would be the equivalent of Jeff Bezos selling Amazon. The man is making money hand over fist. He's not going to sell the Knicks franchise. He's not going to sell the Ranger franchise. It would have to be a forced situation for James Dolan to sell. And I don't see that happening. So... I think, like I said, that window has opened and shut, and that will not happen. So, you know, we can fantasize about having Magic as an owner, but that's not coming into fruition anytime soon. So, so that's that. So, all right, guys. So, that is it for me. Next time you hear from me, I still want to do fantasy basketball. I still want to dedicate an episode or two for that. And then, of course, training camps opening up next week so nba basketball we're getting closer guys and then of course the wnba playoffs were in the midst of that and then before you know it wnba finals will be here so a lot of basketball to cover guys and i'm here for it so 
Once again, all things basketball with GD.com. That's the website. That's sportsdugd at gmail.com. That's my email address. Hit me on all the podcast platforms, social media. I'm there. Also, YouTube. I'm on there as well. Apple Podcasts. Leave reviews, guys. Leave it even on the website. Leave it on YouTube. Hit the like button when you see the video. Apple, you can leave reviews there as well. All right, guys. So that's it for me. Once again, I thank you for listening. And we'll talk soon. Take care. So, my peeps, if you like what you're listening to, you can go to my website, www.allthingsbasketballwithgd.com. You can also email me at thatsportsdugd.com at gmail.com to support this podcast you can go to my paypal and that email is that sports gd at gmail.com also on my anchor page i have a support button there that you can also use to help the podcast i'm on all the major platforms like anchor spreaker google Podcasts, Amazon, SoundCloud, YouTube, Castbox, Radio Public, Podchaser, just to name a few. And also, you can find me on social media Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Clubhouse, and Fanbase. So, once again, I thank you for listening and supporting this podcast. And take care and be safe.